Welcome to the Persephone program for Leo season 2020. I know this is a welcome sort of collective energetic change from the intensity of our eclipse portal and cancer season, which began um, right after our very first eclipse, um, which was a Sagittarius lunar eclipse. And then we had the uh, solar eclipse of zero degrees cancer and then the capricorn lunar eclipse and we had the sun and mercury uh, mercury was retrograding cancer and we had the sun and mercury sort of bumping up and opposing essentially jupiter saturn pluto and capricorn which were retrograde it was tough we were looking to the past we were feeling constrained and emotional um, we were feeling bleak and Leo season's bringing a little bit, uh, more of a sunny, um, forceful, powerful energy to our collective for the next 30 days or so. Now it's not making a lot of aspects. So unlike cancer, uh, this cancer season and the eclipses, uh, making aspects to the Jupiter Saturn Pluto in Capricorn um, we're not having a we're not really having a lot of aspects between the Sun and we only have one other planet in Leo which is Mercury which will join uh, the Sun in Leo August 6th so um, Leo seasons only going to be joined by Mercury uh, and that's only going to be in Leo about 15 days or so now, Mercury usually spends about three weeks or so approximately in a sign, but it's going to go very, very fast through Leo. Now, you compare that to the 70 days almost that Mercury was in Cancer due to the retrograde and um, and that Mercury, which re represents our collective mind and how we're thinking, again, was making aspects to Jupiter, Saturn and Pluto and also our Chiron and Eris and Aries uh, and Mars in Aries as well. So there were a lot of there's a lot more complex energy uh, the last uh, month or two than will be in August. Not that August isn't going to have some um, events because it will, but again, not as complex as, um, you know, as our summer solstice and the ingress into summer. So it's kind of going to be, I don't know, a little bit flatter, I guess. It'll be deeper, but flatter and probably, like I said, maybe a little bit more energized. Um, we will have August 1st, we'll have the sun trying Chiron. So there may be something going on there. Um, we will have the sun square Uranus on August 2nd. So there might be something coming up that first week of August, like event wise, possibly with the president. Um, now remember that our president has, the president of the United States has a Leo ascendant um, and we believe that uh, this has something to do with, um, you know, some of his negative behaviors. Uh, anyway, we'll have Uranus um, retrograde this month too, which will be the only planet that ingresses retrograde, and that is the 16th. So uh, some will make an aspect to Chiron, the first, squaring Uranus, the second, and then Uranus itself will join Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto in retrograde on um, 
the 16th. So as we finish up um, Leo season, there's going to be five planets uh, retrograde. And then um, we will have uh, Mars retrograde, the beginning of uh, the Virgo season, not the very beginning, but the sort of um, like the first week or so, it's the, the 9th, 10th of September that Mars will retrograde in Aries, which I've mentioned before. Uh, if you haven't heard my earlier podcast on the Mars retrograde, please do listen to it. It is a pivotal time. So we have a little bit of a window, um, you know, in the month of August to like, you know, possibly vacation or move something forward in some way. So it's a little, like I said, a little bit better. Um, you know, Leo is a really interesting energy. It's kind of, you know, most people, you know, most people love it. It's ruled by the sun. Um, it's, it's really about that sort of apex of summer energy where there's a lot of fun. There's a lot of, um, good times. There's a lot of joy. Like I said, it's the time period in the Northern hemisphere, at least where most people vacation. And um, it's a fun vacation. It isn't like a, you know, a, a wintertime vacation that's cozy and warm. It's usually, um, although it is warm outside. Um, and with Mars and Aries, I mentioned too that, um, again, listen to my Mars, Mars and Aries podcast because I talk a lot about um, issues with fires and heat and having a hot uh, heat waves and fires. And even, you know, to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if we, uh, if some of these massive fires um, follow and, you know, possibly even volcanic eruptions um, <clears throat> also will result in earthquakes uh, worldwide. Um, and possibly even in the United States, you know, in California. So, um, you know, <laughs> it's still there, you know, there's still a little bit of a dis disaster kind of energy with the next, um, in at least September, October. Um, but remember too that, um, you know, that this is all kind of, this is a cosmic play and that there's a lot of opportunity in, um, in this time. And I think that, uh, that through the things that we're going through, there will be opportunities. So take heart, um, if you need to redo anything in this retrograde summer, do it. Review things, rest, relax. Um, you know, do everything that you can with with retrograde, especially in August. That's fun. So I wanted to read to you a little bit. You know, as you may know, I've been writing a lot, and um, it's been challenging. I'm writing some really intense stuff, um, and. You know, I, I go back and forth between deciding that I really want to share with you guys um, my life and other times thinking like, what am I doing? You know, is this is this a train wreck? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But I really I'm so compelled instinctively and intuitively to do it that I will. But right now, I won't share with you the tough stuff. I mean, I kind of did a little bit in cancer. But this is Leo season. So let's talk Leo. And so I'm going to read you a little excerpt from what I'm writing. And I'm still writing and going to continue to be writing uh, as much as I can so that I can stay on task to get this out to you by, um, you know, by, by the fall time period. So here's a little bit from my chapter on Leo. 
Leo, Leo's motto is, I will. My brothers and I were alternately best friends and enemies growing up. We each fought for supremacy in our little family group, as well as sided with one or the other in dispute, three being a tough number for balance. My youngest brother, Josh, was often a ploy in my or his elder brother's plans, and being a lovable and charming Leo child with a Sagittarius rising, he was often happy to do so. Lovable Leo, my mom would say in discussion of the sunniest of the zodiac signs. Josh, as a toddler, had a cherubic face and long ringlets. A Leo sun rising or the midheaven, the top of the chart where people see you, is known for their mane of hair. Many with these placements have distinctive wild hairstyles. My little brother would tell me, she's crazy about me in regard to our mother, and he was right. His exuberant nature brightened up a room, and he was a fun and generous child who would cheerfully partner with me as I practiced dance steps or play a part in the plays or musical shows I'd write for us to entertain the adults. Principled, inspired, stubborn, and often righteous, many of the Zodiac's fixed mode signs, the Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, Aquarius, are deeply opinionated and take their own counsel. You don't often find these signs asking everyone else's opinion. They seem to all have their own definitive take on taste, morality, societal values, and more. They like to be right and generally feel that they are. Actually, I never met a Leo who didn't have a strong opinion in general on anything that they were personally interested in or believed in. They're very strong-minded and will often fight or debate you in order to secure their beliefs. Leo, whose qualities are described as fixed fire, are prideful and fun, burning brightly in the flames of their passion. They can be like all fire signs, alternately idealistic and disappointed when their inspired dreams do not come true or when life or love fails to show up according to plan. Leos also often expect unconditional love and an audience to boot. Their shadow side can be a little self-absorbed. And where you find Leo in your own horoscope, watch for wanting it all, especially approval, accolades, and attention. Leo's planetary ruler is our sun, the king of our solar system. All our planets revolve around it, and its life-giving power creates and sustains our Earth. Many of these Zodiac natives may naturally express themselves as the sun in their own personal solar system, relegating everyone and everything else to planets that orbit around their warmth and life-giving powers. In astrology, the sun can represent your hero's journey or your archetypal life expression, which is the journey to wholeness you must discover and embody throughout your life. This requires seeing all aspects of yourself in the light of awareness. The great depth psychologist Carl Jung outlines some of this in his individuation process, which involves looking at all aspects of oneself, even those considered negative, and working on them consciously. Leo's natural house in the chart wheel is the fifth, the area of life covering creativity. 
It includes all things we're inspired to birth, including children, art, music, play, love affairs, and other heart-centered activities. In medical astrology, Leo rules the physical heart, and this is often an area of the body that a Leo sun or rising may have to be careful of and watch over in their lifetime. Learning to give. Time, energy, attention to others in a heart-centered way is an important lesson to learn for Leo. This means no strings attached, straight from the heart. This is best, and when Leos do this, like their ruler, the sun, they automatically gain the approval, love, attention, and respect they crave so deeply. I have Jupiter and Leo in the place of partnerships, and Leo rules the eighth house of my chart. A kind of a simple equation in astrological interpretation is to take the planet, add the sign, and house. For this, you can add Jupiter, which means expansion, simply, Leo, creative heart-centered expression, plus partnerships, shared resources. That's a little uh, definition for you. So, I've been married three times. Jupiter in Leo in the seventh house of partnerships could account for that. Excess serious relationships, as Jupiter often indicates abundance. My Jupiter is also retrograde. That is, a planet whose moving orbit has seemed to slow down in relation to its proximity to Earth and appears to be going backward. Planets in retrograde can indicate issues with the past or karma, delays or inward turning focus. A retrograde Jupiter in Leo could indicate relationships that would demand respect as Leo does, hence the formality of marriage. Yet, express itself more as a need to balance karmic actions from the past, or possibly to go back and redo things. My marriages have all seemed to be what one could call karmic. That is, I've had dreams and visions of other lives with my partners, and felt that the connection with them was both necessary and also a burden. My weddings were all fraught with a kind of anxiety and not necessarily joyous. Interestingly, I've also always shared all of my resources with my partners. Money that I made always went into the collective of us. Separate bank accounts never came into my mind. With a packed seventh house, I've also had boyfriends fairly steadily since I was eight years old. It just seemed natural to me. And where I knew somehow I just had to put my energy. In addition, all of my relationships were with artistic men, chefs, musicians, artists, areas of life that I personally was passionate about creatively. And these were projected onto the men that I allied with, often to the detriment of my own creative expression. Leo's energy is expressive, energized, sexual, creative, It's one of the signs that I believe has some rulership over rock and roll music. It's agreed upon that rock and roll was born in the early 50s when the generational planet Pluto was in Leo. And the Pluto and Leo folks have definitely expressed it. Many of our greatest rock and roll musicians were born with this placement. This is the generation that created the 60s youth culture movement, complete with a soundtrack. And speaking of soundtracks, 
I definitely grew up with one. Mom always told me that she played Eric Clapton's Cream albums for me as a baby in utero, and also all the Rolling Stones. But as I was born essentially in the year of the Summer of Love, and there was lots going on musically, I am sure that rock and roll was engendered in my DNA. My first memory of consciously listening to music, though, was hearing the song Lime in the Coconut, Coconut, which was recorded by Harry Nilsson in 1971. I have such a strong memory of it, streaming out of my parents' hi-fi, one of those all-in-one stereo systems, the great late 60s console types with a record player and radio hidden in a piece of furniture. I was totally fascinated with that song, and I really paid attention to it. My mother, however, was a huge music fan. When I say huge, I mean it. She had a subscription to Rolling Stone magazine for as long as I could remember, and she would diligently read the articles, all the new release reviews, and go out and buy records on their release date. When she was in college, my mom had had a radio program, and she could have been an amazing and influential DJ or music critic as a career. Have you ever had that friend that just always knew the best music or the best books or movies? That was my mom. And it was often embarrassing for me when my friends would visit. Her own placement of Venus and Leo, conjunct Pluto, made her a bit consumed with having her essential luxuries, such as books and movies and music, other cultural items. Though at times on welfare, we lived in what mother called affluent poverty. Mom had had HBO cable since 1977 or so and media of all kinds was just completely important to her. There were no family vacations, but that didn't matter. We traveled through the stories, the melodies, and images of art and literature and music. There's a series of photos from the early 80s with my brother Josh and I posing on the window seat of our San Francisco flat covered in vinyl record albums. Elvis Costello's first release in the U.S., My Aim is True, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers' debut, The Pretenders' first albums, and more. We knew the riches we had in listening to this music. It was creative, expansive. We all imagined we belonged to a special club of artists and aficionados who just got it. Bohemians represented by beating drums, electric guitars, rhythm, and more. Music was what we talked about. It represented us. Having a mom that absolutely loved rock and roll, jazz, R&B, and blues meant that it was hard for me to rebel with my own music, as many teenagers did. But fortunately, I finally found heavy metal, or you could say it found me. Of course, I'd always loved music and found within it a channel, a kind of a form of formlessness that made me feel serene and secure and connected to the universe. During summers with my grandparents, I had had piano lessons in their home. However, the power struggle between my grandmother and mother meant that she wouldn't pay for lessons when I was back with my mom during the school year. In middle school, my mother found an older piano that was never tuned, yet worked passably, and she got it for me. I attempted to discipline myself at home by practicing, but as I went through adolescence, I practiced less and less and finally became interested in playing rock music, 
especially guitar. The summer before high school, I was invited to my very first high school party. At that time, these parties meant a keg of beer in a band. I was nervous and vulnerable with all the older kids I didn't know, trying to be mature and cool and failing miserably. But as soon as the band started playing Black Sabbath's War Pigs, I relaxed. Immediately, the music made me feel I belonged. This was my tribe, my place. It's hard to describe exactly how I felt and still feel when listening to music, especially rock and roll. It's so primal, pagan, powerful, and it's always just immediately connected me to a certain kind of an energetic force that I felt I could channel and use in my life. Music then became my refuge, and I went deep into listening and playing hard rock and heavy metal, music that my mom just didn't connect with. I searched indie record stores for the latest in the new wave of British heavy metal and was introduced to a group in my new high school of fellow metalheads. This particular group were firmly connected by their mutual love of metal, all things European, and we all converged around our mutual friend Ron Quintana's KUSF Rampage radio show on Saturday nights in San Francisco, which became the famous Bay Area thrash metal scene of the early 80s. This scene launched the success of Metallica, Exodus, Death Angel, Possessed, Testament, and more. My friends and schoolmates also launched the bands Mordred and Jet Boy, too. My teen years were spent in the company of musicians, poets, artists, and creatives. And by the age of 14, I had received an electric guitar from my mom, and I was ready to become a rocker myself. So here's a little bit from Leo, and um, here's some exercises or journal prompts for you. Where you have Leo in your chart, you will be creative, prideful, expressive, and possibly think of yourself as the center of the universe. So where's your Leo? Are you self-serving in this area of life? Think about that. Do you have Leo, say, naturally in the fifth house? You'll really be focused on creativity. Pay attention to Leo by aspect too, because Leo does need to be expressed fully. So as I'm writing and going back and forth and doing various things, um, I'm going to continue to try and be like as expressive as possible for you. Um, But I do need your feedback. I would love to hear from you um, about whether or not you feel that you're learning from, um, you know, the examples that I kind of go back and forth between talking about my own personal chart and Leo and Leo as a defined energetic force. So um, if you've been listening to this, I appreciate getting feedback. You can uh, message me at persephoneprogram.com, michelle.prentice at gmail.com, or just hit me up on Instagram at myprentice or Facebook. I'd love to hear back from you. I'm going to continue to write, um, and I'm not doing readings until the first week of August. I probably will also take a little bit of August off too, so if you do want to get a reading, the first week is currently available. Um, And um, I'll continue to write, to podcast um, here and there, and um, give you my own sort of like view of 
what we have to look forward to in the next few months. So enjoy Leo season. Uh, try and get some um, some fun in, okay? Because uh, September and October are going to be rough. And this is a little sort of uh, time period for you to have some fun. So please do. It's important to take advantage of, uh, uh, you know, of a little bit of a, a tiny bit of a pause. Um, we do also have Mars and Aries training, um, you know, the sun, and that's kind of nice. Um, and, but, you know, essentially Mars is now in the shadow of its retrograde, although it won't be retrograde until September 9th. Um, so again, you're not going to be able to get too much uh, done. So don't expect much of this year. Um, I'm going to have to obviously continue to push back any events that I had planned. I had originally planned a retreat in March that I had pushed back to August. Now I'm going to have to push that back again, probably till 2021. So don't expect much of, of, uh, of the summer. If you're trying to launch a business, um, you know, it's, it's really a tough time but you can get things done. You can get creative stuff done. You can get personal work done. You can have amazing revelations and you can stand up for yourself. You can be the sun in your own solar system, consciously integrating, not being too self uh, absorbed, but um, looking at perhaps how your own behavior uh, affects your life because that's an important thing to do during Leo season too. But also having fun, get in touch with yourself, have a good time, play some music, get creative, dance, hang out. Uh, I'm sending you tons of love. Thanks for listening. And, um, you know, try and do what you can to continue to live according to your ideals, like fire, good fire signs do. Um, be safe. If you're protesting, please be safe. Um, wear a mask and we'll get through this time together. Ciao.